Hello, and welcome to another episode of To Say the Least. I'm Roya, and I am so glad you're here. And thank you so much to everybody who listened to the first trailer of To Say the Least podcast. I was so overwhelmed with the love and support and the reposts of friends and family and those who followed me who I don't even know. <laughs> thank you to you specifically so much because um, I guess that's how podcasts work, but it was still really exciting to see all the new followers on Instagram, but also um, see all the listens to the trailer. So thank you so much for your support with that. And thank you for listening today as well. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending on when you're listening to this. And I am really, really excited about um, the upcoming episodes because um, even though I, I was not, you know, planning to post and publish when I did, I had had a really bad day. And um, it had been a few months of preparation. And um, and by preparation, I mean mental preparation, because I did record things here and there. But, um, you know, just like I said in the trailer, the best time to start anything is now because, you know, tomorrow isn't promised. And as cliche as that sounds, um, it's true. So, I had a really bad day and uh, wanted to do something good. So the something good manifested into the publishing of the podcast. But I also realized that in order to encourage you all to send me your own stories, I need to share a little bit about myself too. You know, I need I need you to trust me before you can um, be vulnerable in sending your stories. So sweet deal. I'll I'll start. I know I mentioned in the first um, in the first trailer that I lived in New York City and then because of the pandemic ended up at home. And while the sentence is simple, the journey of getting here wasn't. And we all might have similar stories about how COVID-19 affected us personally. And I would love for you to send in those stories as well. I know I'm not alone in this coming in and shaking up my life. So excited to hear those stories as well. And one of the stories later will also have the impact of what COVID-19 did to them in their career, in their life. So excited for that story also. But for me personally, what happened was I was living a charmed life in New York, and I can't wait to get more into that as well, but we're, we'll start at the end of the experience for now. We're at the end of the first experience because I do plan to go back, but I was living a very charmed life. Everything was wonderful. I loved my job. I lived in East Village. I loved my apartment. I had the best group of friends, still do, but I was living the life. I was dating. I was you know, shopping. I was going to poetry slams. <laughs> like I was doing all of the, the fun New York things. And on the week of March 9th was the day I kind of felt like life was going to change. And the city just felt different. The grocery stores had nothing in them. In New York, you have something called bodegas. So they're little grocery stores. And they had nothing in them. It wasn't just no toilet paper in this week. It was nothing. So you could feel the apocalyptic tone in the air and it felt wrong. I was nervous and I had planned to go home for a vacation for Persian New Year, which is the 20th of March. And I was already planning to go home and felt that, you know, maybe I should extend my trip a little bit, spend some more time with family because work was going to be remote for the next month. I had just found out that day that work was going to be remote. So I thought about staying a little longer, packed a 
very light carry on and got on a plane. And it was interesting because there were rumors that New York would shut the borders. So I would have rathered be with my family in California in a bigger house than in my less than 300 square feet apartment in New York. So I remember I told my roommate and she was planning to stay and got nervous and ended up leaving eventually. But I I left my apartment thinking I'd be gone for three weeks. I didn't think I'd be gone for as long as I was. And three weeks turned into five months. And in the five months that I was home, I had to resign my lease and I was faced with the decision to resign my lease. And in the same week I had to think about that, I found out that I might be losing my job. And I was 24 at the time. I'm now 25, you know, older, wiser, just kidding. But it, when I was um, making that decision, I felt like I was just on the brink of my life. And I felt so sad because I wanted to spend that part of my life in New York. and But I wanted to be smart about it as well. So I decided to not resign my lease. And in that week, I found out that I was actually able to keep my job and they were able to figure out the the headcount situation. And maybe that's a technical term, you know, basically just meaning they have the the money to keep me and um and which was a blessing. And I was very glad to be working, but unfortunately was so sad to have to leave New York. So my mom and I braved a plane back to New York in June, moved out of my apartment. And I remember going to open up my door because we weren't expecting to leave for so long. I was expecting New York City worsts, rats, cockroaches, all of the things. And I opened up my door and it smelled like butterflies and roses. Like it was it smelled good. I had left candles out in the living room. Everything was clean and I started to cry. It was it was so sad. But um, I know there'll be other apartments. And that was ultimately the reason why I sucked it up and did it because I know there's always another place, you know, and it'll always be beautiful in my mind. And no one can take that away from me, that first apartment. Um, so yeah, so I ended up coming back coming back home and feeling like I'm 12. <laughs> no, but I, I'm lucky that I had a place to go and not everyone can say that. So I definitely felt lucky, but it was definitely hard for me at the time. And um, so that's how I ended up here. That's my little story. And I do plan to go back, but there's some moving, moving pieces, including the job hunt that I mentioned in the first trailer. And so we're just going to keep on keeping on with that. But that's enough about me. On that note, though, thank you to those of you who sent in voice recordings of some of your stories. And I can't wait to get into those as well. But I do want to touch on the fact that because I was in a haste and a spur of the moment and spontaneous mood to post the podcast in that moment, in that bad day of mine, I do want to make sure that everybody listening now does understand how you can be a part of the podcast and what you can send in. So honestly, the amount of topics I want to cover is far and wide. It could be about a date that everything felt really weird. You know, it could be it could be bad or it could be really good. You know, something that made you learn something about yourself. It could be, you know, a day where you had one plan and then something else happened that shifted everything. And, you know, while some stories might have a more somber tone to them, 
you can also share stories of something that was like very good in your life that, you know, it may have been unexpected, but it taught you something. So I want you to feel free to share what is important to you. And, you know, sometimes it's, it is more of a, a story that, you know, it was hard to see the silver lining in the moment, but now you have been able to see something good from it. So those are the kinds of stories that I want you to feel free to send to me that we can listen to and debrief on. And if you want to ask advice, you can do that. I'll offer my own advice and we can also set it up to a forum on Instagram and you can even respond to a story and offer your own advice as well. I want your voices to be heard and kind of shift the podcast into different ways. So I'm really excited about that partnership between you and I and am excited to get more voice recordings in the future. And I did say I do want you to keep them to about three minutes. They can be longer and I will edit them down. So if you feel like you just want to get in a few different points of your story, feel free to do that. And when you send them to me, you can also let me know which parts you definitely want in. And um, just so I can make sure I'm keeping the integrity of the story in place as well. So, so excited to get more of your recordings. Additionally, I did say at the end of the podcast last week, I did go into the job hunting woes. And why I did that is basically, I want you to send in what stories matter to you and what stories have impacted who you are and who you've become. But also, if you don't know where to begin, I want to offer a prompt every week as well to to get you started. So last week's prompt was job hunting. And I did get a couple of iterations of that. I got a really funny job hunting story um, that um, I'm really excited to get into. And I also got a job story, um, a struggling job story with the lens of right now, with the lens of COVID-19 and the impact that that's had. And I was really grateful to get that story because there is a lot of vulnerability that is has come with COVID-19. And, be, and with that, and what I mean by that is we've all been living in these new ambiguous times for the, for a year now, which is insane. You know, like it's been a whole year. And while we are navigating those times and maybe we feel better now than we did in March 2020, in May 2020, every month becomes a new normal, but it's not necessarily getting easier. It's just shifting. So I did get a story from a listener who is struggling right now with the changes that have come up with COVID-19 in relation to their job and navigating what comes with that. So I thank them for the vulnerability and I'm excited to get into listening to the recordings. The first story you're about to hear is from Rebecca about a certain coworker that really came in and messed up her situation while she was job hunting. You'll see what I mean soon. Okay, favorite story of all time. Um, just to give background, I've been interviewing for several months. Um, I interviewed for about eight months a year and a half ago, last time I was job hunting and I'm kind of notorious for getting really strong um, interview opportunities, making it through the full round and not getting offers. So a few months ago, 
Um, when I was beginning my hunt, I had um, an interview at Mattel, the consumer toy brand, which I really wanted to actually be at because I have a lot of connections there who really love it. Um, and people, you know, really kind of advance their careers there. Anyways, the hiring manager really liked me. She started expediting me through the process. It was an internal communications role. So it reported to like the HR team ultimately. Um, and of course, out of absolutely nowhere, my, um, my father transitions his career from working at PayPal to working at Mattel as I'm interviewing. And of course, he is on the HR team. So I would be reporting directly to my father in meetings with him all the time. Um, obviously, that's nepotism. It's not allowed. So um, I was pulled out of the process. The hiring manager and recruiter were like, oh my God, we're crying. We're so sad. I'm like, of course you are. This always happens to me, this bad luck type of stuff. So just my luck. Dad is on that team. Um, but how awkward would that have been to <laughs> literally sit in on meetings every day with him? But um, anyways, I still have really great connections there. still have my eye on the company. Everyone I met has been really nice. So hopefully something works out. So to say the least, it really sucks when your dad decides to switch industries and join the company and team that you are in the middle of interviewing for. Thank you so much to Rebecca for sending in that story. I am so sorry that happened to you. And I really do wish you luck on your job hunt. And thank you so much for being willing to share that story. For those of you who remember the first episode where I talked about how if you work for a family business, you might not have to interview for a job. But joke's on me because even though your dad worked there, it did not work in your favor, apparently. But I do wish you so, so much luck. And I am not worried about you. You sound like you are tenacious and will take on the rest of the job hunt in stride. And this next story is the story regarding how COVID-19 impacted their job that I did talk about a little bit before. And it is coming from Layla, who just also happens to be my sister. So love you, sissy. Thank you so much for sending in a story. And I hope you all enjoy. To say the least, I'm confused. Why am I confused? I am confused because I am a teacher I'm a young teacher and I'm a new teacher and I have been told that I need to get a vaccine to go back to work, but that I could go back to work without the vaccine, like legally, but then that it's not my turn yet to get a vaccine, but that my district has told me it is my turn soon and to go get the vaccine. And then I'm thinking to myself, do I want it yet? What happens if I get it now? Are they going to send me back to school? And so I'm confused because I don't know, as I'm sure many other people in my position are, I don't know what school looks like in April of 2021. I don't know what school looks like in March 2021. I still don't know what school looks like in August 2021. But if I go back into a classroom in the spring after being on the computer, I mean, my heart, after being on the computer since March of 2020, my heart already is skipping a beat because this, again, to say the least, I miss my students, but I'm good at what I'm doing now. I'm actually good at teaching online. I know this from parent messages. I know this from student messages. I know this from student anonymous surveys. I know this from colleagues of mine that talk to me. 
and beyond. And I am nervous. I don't even know if it's the popular thing to say, to say the least, <laughs> but it's true. I, again, I miss my students, but I like online teaching and it's safe for now. And the cognitive dissonance that I'm experiencing when I just picture myself in a physical classroom in about two months from now, when there's only two months of school left after that, I don't, I can't even picture it. And so to say the least, I'm confused. I'm confused if it's my turn to get the vaccine and what if I go early and what if they tell me I'm not old enough, I'm not on the proper list, I signed up too early, but I was supposed to get it, but what do I, but what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. Wow, that story has a lot to unpack. And even though that came from my sister, I think that there are universal properties to this story that I really want to unpack for everybody listening. I feel for her and all the teachers that have heroically, there's no other word to describe it, they're heroes, taken this time and have had to relearn everything they've known. And a lot of professions can this this can be applied to a lot of professions as well but teachers you know for years and years have been doing in in person learning and they've had to create curriculum that can apply to students of all walks of life of all backgrounds and of all situations and this story really resonated with me because there is a great deal amount of confusion that is centered on the vaccine and who can get it and when can you get it. I'm sure many of you uh, have had friends that maybe aren't in essential working positions, but have yet somehow got a vaccine. And it's interesting because it does seem disproportionate um, and not the same across states, across um even countries, you know, I, I think there's a big air of confusion surrounding many people regarding what to do about the vaccine. And this story in particular, because I know, and I've been hearing this on the news a lot, that people have been able to sign up for vaccines, but then they arrive and have been turned away. So that is one of the biggest takeaways from this story is, you know, even though you're told to go do this, you know, is there something, what's holding you back? And I, you know, from personal experience, but also from, um, you know, extending empathy to my sister and teachers and everyone listening to this, you know, we all might be confused, but there is a sense of solace that we are confused together and that eventually things will become clearer. Just as, just as in March, 2020, there was this immense, heavy sense of confusion going every day, not knowing what was to come. And yet look at us now, it's March, 2021. And we've learned how to, how to adapt. And we've learned that we are resilient and to Layla and to everyone else listening here, while you might be presently confused, go one day at a time. That's all we can do, especially right now and make the best decision that is right for us on a day-to-day basis. So I wish Layla luck. I wish you all luck navigating these next steps. 
And this story was a great example of something you can send feedback to or advice to. You know, the sense of confusion in that story is palpable. And when we are confused, we usually seek help. So if you are also a teacher, if you are a first responder, or if you're just a really wise person and feel that you could impact her situation with some advice, would love to hear what you all have to say, or you can send a message either on Instagram or on my email to say the least at on Instagram or say the least at gmail.com. The final story for today is coming from Katie, and it is a great example of the keep on keeping on attitude that you have to have when you are job hunting. So my annoying job hunting story was it initially started off I did not think it was going to be annoying I'm in the wine business and I was looking for a job in the tasting room and although it was COVID tasting rooms were starting to open back up and like the same day I applied to this job and I started applying to jobs I got a response and I was like okay great let me start planning like I could potentially move here you know not too far away and it seems like a nice place. Um, I go, I have an interview, it goes really well. The person interviewing me takes me to the tasting room and we taste some wines and she offers me the job at the end of the interview. And I walk away just thinking, great, I got the job. So amazing, let me start planning. Cut to three weeks later and I have not heard from her. In the meantime, in case like some, I was kind of, maybe had something in the back of my mind that this might happen and so I'm applying to other jobs. Person emailing me about having an interview, and so we have a phone interview, and it goes really well. They want me to come in to talk a little bit more, and so I go in, and it's the same person asking me the same exact questions from the interview, and so I was a little thrown off, didn't really know. I kind of like tried to change my answers, but I, I was like, these, these are my answers. Do you just want me to repeat what I already told you? This is so weird, and so super short interview. I was like, that was weird. I still sent an email saying, thanks for the interview. Like, I look forward to hearing from you. Didn't hear from them. So I was like, screw you. (laughs) And then I just kind of kept applying to jobs, not hearing anything back. And eventually I did find a job. Um, It's not my dream job, but it's the job I have now. And, you know, to say the least, job hunt ghosting is very, very frustrating, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel eventually. Thank you so much to Katie for sharing that story. That story exemplifies to me, it's not you, it's them. With job hunting specifically, just like I compared it to dating, you know, sometimes you don't get an explanation. Sometimes you're investing so much of your time and it's them that is the fuck up. Like it's them that's messing up and giving you a bad experience. It has nothing to do with you or what you said or did. The fact that you got offered the job on the spot and then got ghosted. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm sure many of you can listening can relate to that or relate to a similar experience to that effect. And I have never heard of doing an interview and then having a second interview follow up and them asking the same exact questions. Like that is just so poorly, poorly administered. So thank you so much for your willingness to share that story. And to those listening, Katie picked a fake name. So Katie is not her real name. So if you have a story that you're just waiting to tell me and you just don't want it traced back to you, pick another name. 
pick another name and I'm so happy to go over it together on the podcast and want you to do whatever you can um, in order for you to feel comfortable sharing it with everybody. So thank you so much to Katie. And I'm so glad that you ended up finding a job. And I think you said it perfectly. Sometimes you need to just take a job for the moment and you never know where things can lead you. But ghosting is tough, man. Like I never really realized in my professional career how often job hunt ghosting happens until my recent search. I've been really lucky to when I have job searched in the past, it has been a shorter experience and pretty clean cut. And just the fact that I'm a recruiter myself and I can't imagine ghosting somebody and yet it happens all the time. I'm now realizing why recruiters get such a bad rap. Me personally, I recently had interviewed for a company that I would love to have worked at, or so I thought, you know, I was such a fan and I felt so lucky to be able to get an interview opportunity. And I felt like I did really well, but I could tell the interviewer was a little distracted and I had a feeling I wasn't going to move on just from feeling, but I did not expect to get completely ghosted. I sent a thank you note. I sent a follow-up email for the three weeks afterward and nothing. I got nothing. And like I said before, sometimes in these situations, it's not you, it's them. And you don't want something that doesn't want you. The best advice I can give to anyone job hunting ever is don't be a yes man. Figure out what you want to do and what you want out of a job and then interview them just as much as they're interviewing you. You don't want to work somewhere that is going to waste your time. You don't want to work somewhere that's not going to see what you could bring to their company. So that is some of the best advice I can give. And if you prep for an interview, go in there, show them who you are, and they don't want to hire you, that's on them and you don't want it anyway. And with that, thank you so much for listening to the first full episode. I hope you enjoyed. And if you have any feedback, thoughts, or anything like that, my DMs are open and my email is also open. So for my Instagram, you can follow along at to say the least podcast. And my email is say the least at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing more of your stories, hearing more of your thoughts on the podcast so far. And for now, the podcast is going to be bi-monthly. It might eventually turn into a weekly podcast down the road. But for now, please enjoy my podcast twice a month. And I look forward to hearing more of your stories soon. And for those of you who are seeking a prompt to respond to, send over your stories about how the panorama, the big old pandy, otherwise known as the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, and how it has impacted you personally. Thanks so much for listening.